At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up the Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the BC Family Podcast and got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Adam Burke. Does great work over here at the Vegas Sets and Information Network. You see his daily best bet emails all the articles that he does for Point Spread Weekly, and now does a new show called The Run Line every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Eastern Time, that's 8 to 10. We're going to be chatting with him just what he's noticed with regards to this Major League Baseball season in general, how he's been gauging some of the low 6.5 and 7 totals as well. Take a look at a few games for today as well. So we're going to hit a little bit of everything with Adam in the second segment. going to be a lot of fun, and then in the final segment, Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you've got one or two ways, we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up receiving any questions today, but we had a great day of baseball on Monday, so let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends in. Try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. A walk-off Grand Slam winds up sending the St. Louis Cardinals to a win and the DK Nation pick to the win as well. 
Seven to three, the final Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt, seventh home run season off of Ryan Baruki to be able to win the game for the Cardinals. And this from our good friend Adam Burke, the Blue Jays with men in scoring position over the last three games. Three of thirty-two. They went 0 of 10 in this game. George Springer was able to get its eighth home run of the season. Then it comes off of Miles. Michaelis wanted giving up three runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings. Then the Cardinals bullpen went to work. Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Elsley, Genesis Cabrera all give you a scoreless inning. And Andre Pellanti, he winds up giving you an out out of the bullpen as well. And for the Blue Jays, relatively solid start out of Jose Barrios. Did wind up getting tagged in the seventh inning. Was probably just kept in there a little bit too long in general. Giving up three runs over the course of six and a third innings as Juan Yepes was able to get his fourth home run season. From there, you did wind up having Adam Simmer give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Trevor Richard, Julian Merriweather, a pair of guys have been a little bit rough out there in the pen. They wound up giving you a scoreless inning, but then David Phelps in the 10th. He winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned because of the ghost runner on second, and then Baruki gives up that walk-off grand slam. So the Cardinals keep it rolling for the Blue Jays. Three runs or fewer scored, and now 11 out of their last 14 games, and each out of the last six. They're going to be able to turn around. Question currently is when. The San Francisco Giants now find themselves outside the top 22 with regards to bullpen area in the big leagues after what wound up happening on Monday. 13-3, the Mets clobbered them as Alex Cobb managed to be able to go six innings but gave up six runs in the process, including giving up a bomb as going deep off of him, Pete Alonso, 11th home run season, then... Mauricio Lovera would give up a home run to Mark Hanna, fourth home run season. Jeff McNeil is second. He winds up giving up four runs in a third of an inning, including those two bombs. And then Luis Gonzalez winds up making his third pitching appearance in like two weeks. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of an inning. First two outings, he wanted going scoreless, but in this one, not so great. Charlene Garcia gives you a scoreless setting. Jose Alvarez, pair of outs out of the bullpen, but not good signs for the San Francisco Giants right now as Brandon Crawford was able to get a home run his fourth of the season. That winds coming off of David Peterson. Great name and a great performance. Two runs given up in six innings. They wind up getting two scoreless innings out of Cullen Holderman, and then Jason Shreve was able to give you an inning, giving up a run in the process. But for the Mets, they are now 29-15, and 15, so it has been relatively impressive to watch them operate and for the Giants that is now their fifth straight loss and their fourth straight loss at home so I do think that it's fair to have a few concerns there no concerns for the Pirates on Monday as they get a 2-1 to win over the Colorado Rockies the Pirates by the way wind up getting another win out of the bullpen so I believe that they now have 15 bullpen wins and two wins from their starters but Chad Cool and his return to Pittsburgh, not great, not terrible. Gives up one run over the course of four and a third innings. Would like to see a little bit more length, but held down the fort tie block. Two and two thirds innings scoreless, and then Tyler Kinley gives up a run in an inning. You just wound up having no offense in this game whatsoever. JT Brubaker gives up one unearned run due to his own throwing error in six and two thirds innings. William Crow is able to give you a scoreless inning, and then David Bernard winds up getting four outs. He winds up being able to get the W as the Colorado Rockies continue to be relatively rough on the road. I always bring up their home and road splits because they're about as demonstrative as you're going to find with any team as now on the road 5-11 and 11 this season. You wind up seeing the Chicago Cubs go on the road and they got a W against the Cincinnati Reds by a count of 7-4. to four. Reds, by the way, still playing a little bit better. This is a bunch that they wind up beginning in the year 3-22 and 22 and since a 9-7, and seven, so respectability there, but Vladimir Gutierrez has had a rough year. He's now 0-6, gives up four runs over the course of four innings including a bomb going deep 
for the Cubs. Patrick Wisdom, 10th home run of the season. And then Ian App would say, Hap, Hap, Hooray, to his fourth home run of the season. That winds coming off of Luis Sessa, who gave up a run in a third of an inning. You did wind up having two runs in two thirds of an inning, given up by Jared Solomon. Two scoreless innings out of Jeff Hoffman out of the bullpen. He's been solid. And then Hunter Strickland was able to give you a scoreless inning along with Joel Kunal. But for the Reds, you did wind up having a trio of home runs in this one. Aristide Sakino. We have an Aristide Sakino sighting. His second and third of the campaign. Tommy Pham is fifth, but not a lot of small balls. The Reds who just had five hits in total. Drew Smiley gives up a pair of bombs, three runs in total over the course of five and two-thirds innings, and they wind up having Chris Martin give up a solo home run in his inning of work, but Scott Efres, David Robertson both give you a scoreless setting, and Daniel Norris in out of the bullpen for the Cubs to be able to get it done there. Speaking of being able to get it done, the Baltimore Orioles is north of a plus 250 in a lot of spots. They get a 6-4 win over the New York Yankees as Garrett Cole looks like he could have used some sicky stuff in this one. He goes those eight innings, they really kept him in there a long time because the Yankees are dealing with some injuries out there in the bullpen and a double dip on top of that. Gives up five runs, all of which were earned, including a bomb going deep for the Baltimore Orioles. Ramon Odias, his third home run season as Jordan Lyles. He gives up a pair of bombs. He is known for doing that, giving up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of six and two-thirds innings as Aaron Judge. It's home runs number 16 and 17 on the season. To put this into perspective, the Tigers as a whole, they've got 22 home runs this season, so that was impressive, but did wind up having a Orioles bullpen that is now in the top eight in terms of ERA in the big leagues. Get it done, Felix Batista. Four outside the bullpen, Ore Lopez was able to get the save, scoreless inning, and did have Juan Peralta give up a run in an inning for the Yankees as well. So, Orioles able to get a big plus money winner, the LA Dodgers. They wind up taking it to Yohan Adon and company by kind of 10 to 1. And if you're looking for a good fade, Yohan Adon has made nine starts as far this season. Eight of them have been losses, and all eight of those losses by at least three runs. I know that I got asked a week ago if I ever take a look at any alternate run lines like two and a half, what have you. Typically, not aside from extenuating circumstances. Yohan Adon starts those qualify as extenuating circumstances, especially against the Dodgers, as he gave up six runs, all of which were earned. This guy does not belong on a major league roster right now. Austin Volth, he winds up giving up three runs in one and a third innings. Erasmo Ramirez gives you a inning, giving up a run. And Paul Espino, two scoreless innings, but nothing doing for the Nationals on offense, as Tyler Anderson able to eat eight innings when the bullpen really needed it, went scoreless in those, and then Phil Bickford gives up a run in an inning with the Dodgers going 7 of 12 with men in scoring position. The Philadelphia Phillies get it done against the Atlanta Braves. 7 to 3, the final is Zach Wheeler. He was wheeling and dealing, giving up two runs in six and two thirds innings, including 10 punch outs. Jurisic Familia, Spanish for blown save, gives up a run in an inning, but fortunately he wasn't out there for too long. Counter Brogdon, he gives you an out out of the bullpen, and Corey Knable was able to give you a scoreless saying, Phillies wind up leaving 10 men on base, but did a very solid job of being able to play a little bit of small ball as Tucker Davidson. Not long for this game. Gives up four walks, four hits, and two and two-thirds innings. Five runs, all of which were earned. Jesse Chavez from there has to provide some long relief, giving up two runs in one and a third innings. Dylan Lee, two and two-thirds innings, scoreless. And then you did wind up having Mr. Jackson Stevens and Darren O'Day give you a scoreless inning, but not a ton doing for the Atlanta Braves offense as... They got 11 hits, but they weren't really able to get men in scoring position. The Detroit Tigers, who entered into Monday averaging 2.07 runs in road games, they doubled that amount with four, but eh, they still lost. Five to four. The Minnesota Twins able to get the job done as Jonathan Scope was able to get his fourth home run season off of Griffin Jacks. Got that jacked up as... Jax gives up two runs over the course of two innings, and Chris Archer, another short start. He has not went north of 
four and a third innings, I believe, this season. Might be just four in general. Gave up one run in four innings, but certainly has been eased back a little bit. Caleb Theobar was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and Joe Smith gives up his first run of the season. One run given up in a third of an inning, but Emilio Pagan goes for two outs. He's able to get the WM for the Minnesota Twins. Max Kepler wound up being the main form of offense in this one. A grand slam in the first inning off of Elvin Rodriguez. His sixth home run season for Mr. Rodriguez. He gave up that grand slam and then settled down from there. Five innings, giving up four runs, and a Tigers bullpen that has been rock solid. They did their part. Andrew Chafin did wind up giving up a walk-off hit that ended the game in the ninth, getting it out before them, but Alex Lang, along with Willie Peralta and Joey Menes, were able to give you a scoreless inning as well. You did wind up seeing out there in Houston, the Astros wind up getting it taken to them by the Cleveland Guardians by a count of 6-1 for the Guardians. This was a little bit of a bait-and-switch situation as Tristan McKenzie wound up getting the start in this one, and he was right starter in this one. He does wind up giving up a solo home run over the course of the seven innings, but very good performance there. Bregman, Alex Bregman, his sixth home run season. From there, Nick Samlin, Sam Antrages, Emmanuel Classe combined for two scoreless innings, and for the Guardians, they win this game despite going 1-12 of 12 with men in scoring position because that one hit was a Jose Ramirez three-run homer. He winds up getting his 10th home run of the season, and the Astros, they shot themselves in the foot with a pair of errors. One of those was a Luis Garcia throwing error. So, once again, pitchers creating errors that cause for unearned runs. We've got to be able to take these guys for these runs when it winds up being applicable. He... Garcia gives up four runs, two of which were earned over the course of five innings, including that bomb. Brian Abreu gives up two runs, one of which was earned in one and two-thirds innings. And then you did wind up having Seth Martinez give you one and a third inning scoreless field main scoreless inning as well for an Astros bullpen that entered into Monday with the best bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. The Mariners last year were rock solid with regards to their bullpen. Not so much this year, but they were able to cling to dear life and get a 7-6 win over the Oakland A's. Zach Lowe, boy did he get destroyed. I thought there was going to be regression, and there was with him. Gives up three bombs and all seven runs in this game and four and two-thirds innings. Going deep for the Seattle Mariners, and Eugenio Suarez, his ninth home run season. Julio Rodriguez, his fourth home run season. Cal Raleigh, his fourth home run of the season. I think Scott Service got a home run as well as Marco Gonzalez. Not necessarily great for him. He gives up five runs over the course of five and a third innings, including a bomb of his own. Chad Pinder, fourth home run season from there. The uh, Mariners were able to do a solid job. Penn Murphy does wind up giving up a run without getting it out, but Matthew Fessa, Diego Castillo, Paul Sewell, all scoreless innings, and Sergio Romo, pair of outside of the bullpen as the A's bullpen continues to be terrific themselves. A.J. Puck, Lou Trevino combined for two scoreless innings. Sam Mall and Domingo Acevedo combined for four outs as well. Out of the guys that wanted coming out of the bullpen, two of them. A sub-070 ERA, so that has been very intriguing to be able to take a look at. And the one game I might not be able to give you much on is the Brewers versus Padres. I have to have this up by Midnight Pacific. Currently, they're in the 10th inning. We go to Ghost Runners. Anything can wind up happening, but I can tell you, in the first nine innings of this game, not a lot doing as the Brewers got all their runs in, I guess you call it, regulation in the second inning. As for the Milwaukee Brewers, as it sits right now, they're 12-11 with men in scoring position. Adrian, don't call me Dookie Hauser. Six innings, gives up one run. Brad Boxberger was able to come out of the bullpen, gave up a run in that inning, but Trevor Gott and Devin Williams were able to give you scoreless innings to be able to send this thing to extras. And for the Padres, Nick Martinez gives up five runs over the course of two innings, but Nibel Crismet, Tim Hill, along with Robert Suarez and Taylor Rogers, all able to give you scoreless innings as both of these teams currently struggling with men in scoring position. Padres, two of ten with men in scoring position, and the Brewers, two of eleven. And then you did wind up seeing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Get the job done at 9-5 against the Kansas City Royals in a game in which we saw seven runs in the first inning. So 
That was very fascinating to say the least. The Royals, they strand 13 men on base and they wind up getting a trio of home runs in this 100 Osher, his fifth home run of the season. That comes off of Zach Davies. Zach Davies gave one up to Bobby Witt Jr., his fifth. Wim Merrifield gets his third home run season. This for a Royals team that they were averaging 0.7 home runs per game coming into this one. They got three in the first and then nothing after that as Davies gives up five runs, four of which were earned, including those three bombs at three and two thirds innings. And then an Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen that has been terrible all year long. They come in and they give you five and a third inning scoreless. J.B. Wendell can a scoreless inning. Caleb Smith, Noe Ramirez, they combine for two scoreless innings. Joe Manette, Tipley, Sean Poppin, both give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Luis Frias was able to give you a scoreless inning. Good news for them is that Zach Allen is pitching tomorrow to help out that bullpen. And for the Diamondbacks, a pair of home runs of their own. Both come in the first inning. So we got five first inning home runs in this game. Christian Walker is 11th of the season. Pavin Smith is 5th. I guess a towel boy should have gotten an opportunity. He might have gotten a home run as well. Granke, 7 runs given up in 3 and 2 thirds innings. And for Zach Granke, he got 5 strikeouts and he walked 4. He entered into this game with 4 walks all season long by the way. So this was a herky-jerky game. Joel Payamps has been actually really good in long relief for the Royals. 2 and a third inning scoreless. Colin Snyder from there gives up 2 runs in 2 thirds of an inning. Matt Peacock gives you an out of the bullpen. Amir Garrett, a scoreless inning, but certainly a little bit of a wonky result there, and it has been very wonky to be able to take a look at Major League Baseball this season. You're going to hear that from our good friend Adam Burke, who's going to be joining me in a few minutes, just how he's had to look at what we've been getting this season, but you take a look at the last seven days in Major League Baseball, and we're still on a little bit of an under trend. 43 unders and 40 overs thus far with regards to Major League Baseball with that Brewers game pending. I can't give you anything with regards to that, but still seeing more unders and overs, though. It's been evening out a little bit more. Underdogs have been able to have a relatively good run of things in the last seven days. 37 and 50 straight up, so that has been good to see. And if you're just taking a look at the season in general, we're still hovering right around 54% of games going under. It's officially 53.9% with 312 overs, 267 unders with that Brewers game pending as well. And take a look at favorites overall for the season. Hitting at 59.7% on the money line, 366 and 247. But among those 366 wins for favorites, 99 have come by approximately one run, and it's really bad for home favorites who have actually done worse than road favorites. Road favorites are hitting at about 61.5%, home favorites 58.8%, 231 and 162 for home favorites, but with home favorites, they have really been failing to cover the run line as 157 times they've been able to cover the run line in 231 wins, so you do the math, 74 one-run wins for home favorites. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Monday, and that's what we're seeing trend-wise. And coming up next, we're going to be talking with Adam Burke, taking a look at some of the trends that we've been able to get in Major League Baseball, and turning forward to some games for Tuesday, and how he's been gauging total sets up next right here on the Baseball Today Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guests as we reach out to another man that is a part of the Beeson Family. That'd be Adam Burke. Does a terrific job day in and day out with our daily best bet emails. Does a great job when it comes to point spread weekly and is also the host of the show, The Run Line. You're able to catch that every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you're looking out there on the East Coast, that would be from 8 to 10. And you are able to follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods all together. And Adam, it is a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. Good to be here, Greg. Good to chat with you again. It is great to have you aboard, and Adam, it certainly has been, I think the best way to put it is a little bit of a topsy-turvy baseball season thus far because of the lower-scoring games that we have been finding. And just with regards to your handicapping, what have been some things that you've been trying to pick up on this year that maybe doesn't necessarily stand out as much to the normal better? Maybe sometimes you need to do a little bit of extra digging to be able to find that little bit of an edge, something like that. Just what's something in general that you've been taking into your handicapping, do you feel like sometimes goes a little bit overlooked when it comes to just taking a look at the game of baseball? Yeah, you know, as you said, I mean, under started out really, really well, and, and we're still in a low-scoring run environment, but the difference is now the sports books have adjusted quite significantly, seeing a lot of totals of six and a half, seven, seven and a half out there on the board for games that in the past would have been seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, maybe even nine. You know, we have seen a lot of adjustments from the sports books in terms of this lower-scoring run environment. A lot of it has to do with the humidor being in all 30 parks. So I've had to make a lot of adjustments to that. And to be completely honest with you, Greg, it was easier early on in the season than it is right now, because right now sample sizes are significant enough to the point where I have some data that I feel like is predictive, but this season is just dramatically different than any other season that we've seen here of late. I mean, we've got offense specifically power down to the 2014 levels, which is a long time ago talking about the sports betting industry. So it's actually been kind of tricky for me. You know, I, I like to look at a lot of contact management stats. I like to look a lot at hard hit percentage, stuff like that. But the reality is that hard contact has not been as effective here so far this season. 
One thing I think people can take a look at here, and I don't do a whole lot of the player prop stuff. I know that's very uh, very popular out there in the marketplace. But recently here, strikeout rates and walk rates are both down for starting pitchers because they've realized they can pitch to contact and not really be hurt by it. So we've seen strikeout percentages go down quite significantly over the last two or three weeks or so. So I think if you're looking to bet under strikeout props, I think you're going to have a lot of success with that until the sports books start to adjust their numbers. Yeah, it's been so interesting to be able to take a look at this as well, because as we know, first starter two for a lot of these pitchers as well, significantly shorter than now. Now it feels like guys are sort of going to their normal allotment from a year or two ago, maybe just a touch fewer pitches, but that said, things have been able to normalize a little bit. So that does wind up throwing off things just a touch as well with that regard, which I do think that that's fascinating to be able to take a look at. And when it comes to being able to take a look at these totals as well, I know you mentioned the fact that we have been seeing quite a few six and a halfs, and I don't know about you, but there are a couple select six and a halfs that I am willing to take a look at with regards to an under. I wound up doing that with regards to the first matchup of like Corbin Burns versus Max Freed, when you wind up getting an elite pitching matchup like that, like say the Milwaukee Brewers play against the New York Mets in a month or two and say you've got Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer going up against some of those elite Brewers pitchers. At six and a half, I'd be willing to go under on some of those, but I just have such a tough time being able to get behind a full game under of a six and a half unless of we wind up getting a really elite pitching matchup. I don't know what your thoughts are about it, but when I take a look at these six halves, if I don't see like a really, really good pitching matchup, I think it just is a case in which a books went a little too far on them. Yeah, I mean, we got a couple of six and a halfs on Tuesday here. Corbin Burns and Blake Snell out in San Diego, and then also looking at one with Pablo Lopez and Shane McClanahan in that Sunshine State battle down in Tampa. You know, look, I think Lopez and McClanahan is worthy of a six and a half. I don't know so much about Corbin Burns and Blake Snell with Blake Snell making just his second start of the season. Obviously, Corbin Burns is an elite pitcher and the reigning NL Cy Young winner, but Blake Snell's making just his second start of the year. That's a six and a half that looks a little bit questionable to me. I think you not only need the pitching matchup, but you also need the environment, right? I mean, we know that Tropicana Field is a very suppressed offensive ballpark. The Rays tend to play differently at home than they do on the road as a result. That's a venue where maybe it makes some sense. You know, outdoors at Petco Park, Maybe a little bit different. You know, you have to check the weather conditions and some of those other factors. But to me, I think it's really hard to take a full game six and a half because if you get a couple guys on and somebody hits a three-run homer, all of a sudden that game is, you know, halfway there basically. And we saw that in Corbin Burns' last start where there were two guys on for Austin Riley. He hits a dribbler up the third baseline. It rolls foul. Next pitch, he hits a three-run homer. And you know, those are things that happen in Major League Baseball, no matter how good of a pitcher you are. So I have a real hard time taking the under six and a half and even under sevens in most cases. I generally need seven and a half to get to take an under unless it's just a perfect storm of a situation, a cold weather day, wind blowing in, two really good starters, two good defensive teams, stuff like that. I prefer my unders have a little bit more margin for error than a six and a half or a seven. Yep, I'm right there with you. And honestly, to your point, I was looking at that Brewers Padres game for Tuesday over and Rays versus Marlins in one is one in which I might be taking a look at an under with just with the way that the Rays have been able to come together with their bullpen. Guys like JP Fireeyes and I've been terrific by McClanahan. And, and to your point, Pablo Lopez has been amazing as well. As we do have Adam Burke does a great job over there at Vise and all that we do at the network joining me on the podcast. And the one team that I think might be a little bit of an outlier to this, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting in this game on Tuesday. That would be the Detroit Tigers. Going into Monday, I wish this were a typo, but it's not. 
They were averaging 2.06 runs per game on the road. Now, I think that I'm not going too far out on a limb when I say I think that their run total by the end of the year is going to be up just a little bit from this. But what do you make out of this Detroit Tigers team? Because this is a bunch of which a lot of people were looking at them with some upside coming into the year. Heck, I thought that they would be relatively solid. And the pitching has been there for them. I can't remember seeing an offense that has been quite this bad, though. Yeah, this offense is awful, and in particular, it's really awful against right-handed pitchers, and and you know we've seen that time and time again here so far this season, and also in a lot of previous seasons as well. Ever since they started shedding some payroll, losing some of those high-salaried guys. Look, you know the thing that's really interesting about Detroit, and I'm actually going to write about this in Point Spread Weekly this week over at Vsin.com, is when you look at the offensive numbers at Comerica Park, the actual batting average, actual slugging percentage is well below what the expected batting average and expected slugging percentage would be based on contact quality, based on exit velocity, launch angle, all of that. We've seen a lot of the cold weather offenses really struggle in their home ballparks in this new humidor era. But then you go and look and the Tigers are terrible on the road too. So it's more than just the park factors for them. They're just not a very good offensive team. But one of the cold weather cities that has not had a lot of problems offensively has actually been Minneapolis. And Part of that has to do with the fact that this is a pretty decent offense. This is an offense that has some pretty good power production. But you look at this game, I mean, obviously you've got the Twins over a $2 favorite with Sonny Gray on the mound. Bo Brieski is a guy that really hasn't pitched all that well for the Tigers here thus far. And, and the Tigers are missing basically six starting pitchers that could be in that rotation and four or five of them that were in line for the opening day rotation. So they have a lot of injury problems on the pitching side. Eight and a half is a really interesting total here because – to me, I think you need Detroit to help you out a little bit to get to nine runs in this game. But that's why we see the early juice under minus 120. I don't think I'll have any play in this game. But as you mentioned, I mean, Detroit is just so pathetic offensively that at some point they have to go on a Reds-like run where they play really well for a week, score a bunch of runs, something like that, just to kind of normalize their statistics a little bit. Yeah, if I'm right there with you, I'm going to be taking a look at this under just because, to your point, you could have the Twins get five to six runs and the game still winds up going under because the Tigers just have not been able to get out of their own way. And to the credit of the Tigers, most of their bullpen is healthy. That has actually been a top six bullpen in terms of ERA. So they've actually had their relievers come in and do a solid job. Starters, a little bit more shaky, as we do have Adam Burke does a terrific job over here at Beeson joining me on the podcast. And Adam, what else I think is going to be very interesting when we take a look at what we're going to be getting for Tuesday is just a guy that I think is going a little bit under the radar with regards to the Cy Young voting. That'd be Zach Allen. Right now, find the Diamondbacks anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180 against the Kansas City Royals and a young up-and-comer in John Heasley as well. And I'm seeing another total of here of eight and a half. The Arizona Diamondbacks have been one of the top teams to the under, especially at home this season. I think that this is going to be another valuable opportunity with the Royals offense and has been coming alive a little bit more recently, but part of that is because they wanted to play in Coors Field a little bit over a week ago as well. And I take a look at Zach Allen. I remember seeing him about a week or so ago at as high as like 25, 28 to 1 with regards to Cy Young voting. 
or the Cy Young odds with regards to a lot of these sports books. And I don't know if he necessarily wins the war, but I think that there's a little bit of value there. And I take a look at this one, and I think that this is another eight and a half that it shouldn't be this high. Well, obviously the question is going to be Heasley. I mean, you, know, you look at a projection for Zach Gallon in this game, and it looks like he should be really good. I mean, the Royals' offense has been very, very poor throughout the course of the season. The thing for them is that they'll walk a little bit, but they don't make a whole lot of quality contact. And, and Zach Gallon. The big thing for him here so far, the big adjustment that Brent Strom, the first-year pitching coach for Arizona, has made with Gallon is cutting down on the walks. Now, Gallon doesn't have the same strikeout rate that he had necessarily in terms of K per nine. His strikeout percentage is still really, really good, but he's basically cut his walk rate in half so far this season. And that's something that's really important when you talk about an offensive environment where the ball's just not carrying at all. Gallon's only allowed 20 hits in his 39 and a third innings. That's something that Brent Strom is really focused on with this pitching staff is staying off the barrel, inducing weak contact, kind of changing the eye level, using more fastballs up in the zone. And Gallon is a supremely talented guy who has responded really, really well to what Brent Strom has told him. So you look at this game, and I don't think you have to worry about Zach Gallon at all. The big question here is, what does this Arizona offense do against a guy in John Heasley who doesn't have great minor league numbers, doesn't have great numbers at the major league level either? Is this a spot where you can trust Arizona on the run line? Something like that, as opposed to laying the $1.75 price. That's something that I'll kind of be looking into a little bit more here tonight to see if that's something that I want to look up, because the Arizona bullpen has also been improving under Strom's tutelage here of late. Yep, everyone for Arizona, aside from Mark Blanche, which I, whenever you have um, out there, that's a little bit of the roll of the dice, but rest of those guys, like Joe Manette, typically Ian Kennedy, to your point, have been relatively rock solid for Arizona, and I've really liked what I've seen out of Zach Allen thus far, and that is one of the trends I've been taking a look at. A lot of unders with regards to games at Arizona, they've been able to do a great job with that regard, and honestly, one of the better over teams this season has been St. Louis at home. We don't have a number on Blue Jays versus Cardinals, for Tuesday as we do this right now, but that's been a little bit of an interesting look. Has there been anything else that you've been taking a look at with regards to some of these trends? It could be a pitcher trend. It could be a little bit of a team trend. List goes on and on that you've been taking a look at, and it just has been hitting at a really wild number, sort of like those Arizona unders. Well, one thing I think is worth taking a look at here, and this is pretty time relevant with Kevin Gaussman on the mound for the Blue Jays tomorrow, is that the Cardinals are mauling lefties. I mean, they look really good against left-handed pitchers, Above average right-handers have shut them down. Now, their numbers against righties for the season are pretty good because they've beaten up on the below average righties that they've faced, much like they did yesterday or on Sunday uh, with Bryce Wilson. But when they face above average right-handed pitching, those are guys that have been able to shut them down. And those guys will shut down a lot of lineups, but it's been particularly noticeable with St. Louis here so far this season. So We'll see what that total ends up looking like uh, in that Blue Jays-Cardinals game, but that may be one where I have some interest on the under. Uh, Another thing that I've been taking a look at here and and really trying to keep in the back of my mind is bullpen usage is just so important. When you're handicapping full games, if you're betting first five, you don't have to worry about it so much, but if you're betting full games, you really want to look at the bullpen usage and, and try to back some of these teams after off days, you know, because some teams are really relying heavily on their top relievers early on in the season here. The White Sox being one of those teams, they're in a favorite role with Dylan Cease coming up here on Tuesday and coming off of Sunday's doubleheader. That was a very important off day for them on Monday. Now they have all hands on deck in a game that could end up being pretty close because the White Sox are a bottom five offense against right-handed pitching. Nick Pavetta seems to have turned it around. 
but you can bet the White Sox with more confidence coming out of an off day because Tony Larusa has one fewer day to use and abuse guys like Liam Hendricks and Kendall Graveman and all of that. So it's very, very critical to look at bullpen usage. Baseballpress.com has a good bullpen usage chart. Uh, roster resource team pages over at Fangraphs are another good reference. If you're betting full games, you have to know the bullpen situation to know not only who's in or who's out, who's injured and you know who's able to go, but also the guys that are rested and if they should be you know at their peak levels of performance. Yep, and I think that something else that is really good for this as well is just taking a look on insert your website here, whether you wind up getting your final score, so like ESPN, Fox, heck, Google, list goes on and on. Just taking a look at who wound up pitching that previous day or not and how many pitches I think is key as well because just because a guy wound up coming out of the bullpen doesn't mean he's knocked out for the next day. You could have a guy that wound up coming in, got that final out, wound up throwing three or four pitches, Probably still good to go. Probably not a lot of wear and tear. You shouldn't see too much of a downgrade. Meanwhile, if you wind up seeing insert star closer here, throw north of 20 pitches, I think that that's very key as well. I don't know if you've got a number that it really knocks out the guy for the next day if you want to pitching on just one day for me. Typically, that number is right around 15, but I think that that's so critical to take a look at as well. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely very critical, and and especially, too, because, you know, as you said, it, it really depends on the workload and, you know, kind of looking at how those guys end up doing it. And some guys just have rubber arms, you know. Some guys are just completely fine pitching back-to-back days, pitching, you know, three out of four days, something like that. That's not always going to be the case. You know, you will run into some situations where guys pitch back-to-back days and, and they're just not quite as effective. You know, and if you look at the splits for this season in terms of pitching on zero days rest versus pitching on a day or more of rest, the strikeout rate is down a little bit. The ERA is up a little bit. You know, the number of home runs per fly ball is up a little bit. So, you know, when you get used back-to-back days, particularly against the same team that just got a chance to get a look at you, that is something that can be a little bit detrimental for these relief pitchers. So it is very important to look at those things. I don't necessarily look too much at, you know, back to back, but if it's a three and four or a four and five or a four and six, something like that, where a guy's getting used pretty regularly. And this oftentimes happens with teams that are on winning streaks. You know, if you're on a winning streak and you're winning a lot of close games, you have to use those primary relievers a lot. So if I see a team that won maybe four, five, six games in a row, lose a game, well, then maybe it's a good idea to bet on them to lose a second game or lose a third game as those relievers kind of try to catch back up a little bit. Yep, I think that that's such a good point that you do wind up bringing up. And these teams that they are on a winning streak, but they wind up winning those games by a little bit more of a convincing margin, not likely to have to go to their closer when they're up by six runs rather than one or two runs and look no further than the Brewers. Just them with or without Josh Hader. I always look at them so differently, (laughs) whether or not he's going to be available or not to be able to close that out in the ninth inning, because we also have a man that is a closer on this podcast. That'd be you, Adam. You do an absolutely amazing job over there with VSIN. You do a nice job with all of our daily best bet emails. I mentioned it. You're now doing the new show, The Run Line, that airs every Sunday. You and typically Ben Wilson. I know that this week it was Jeff Parles, but I know you do an absolutely amazing job on that show as well. And I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire as to all that we're doing over here at VSIN. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and just what's all on tap for you. Yeah, as you said, at Skating Tripods on Twitter, uh, I got a piece coming out, a couple pieces coming out in Point Spread Weekly this week, one called the Regression Report, which I'm doing on a weekly basis. But this time, instead of looking at teams and pitchers, I'm actually looking at ballparks 
and some areas where the weather's starting to warm up a little bit where maybe some of these bad offenses, Cleveland, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, teams like that, maybe get a little bit of a bump as the weather warms up a little bit. And then also a piece taking a look at actual record versus some of the alternate standings metrics that are out there, like a Pythagorean win-loss, like a base runs, like a third-order win percentage, kind of looking for some teams that maybe gotten a little bit unlucky or a little bit lucky early on here in the season. So those will be coming out on Wednesday in Point Spread Weekly, but every Monday through Saturday, I have my daily Best Bets article and market report looking at what happened the night before, line moves, some pitchers I'm following, and then the best bets for the day. So you can check all that out over at vcin.com. And Adam doing an absolutely amazing job day in and day out, taking a look at everything that we've got in Major League Baseball over at VEASAN. was great to be able to get him on the podcast today, and I can tell you right now, the run line that comes out every Sunday, I'll be actually coming on after him the next few weeks as well. Does an absolutely amazing job with that show as well. So big thanks, Adam, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast coming up next. It is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game, but on every game for the betting board for this Tuesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson and we're back your lovely las vegas for the baseball betting show with myself greg peterson now a part of the decent family of podcast was great to be able to get adam burke on today he is doing amazing work over there at v doing 
tremendous work day in and day out with regards to daily best bet emails. As I mentioned, our new show, The Run Line, on every Sunday night slash evening, depending upon where you are. 5 o'clock is when it starts up on the West Coast, East Coast, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Does a great job being able to be one of the co-hosts over there, so great to be able to have him on today. Big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at Junit underscore one We are going to be going in the Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there, and... When it comes to the DK Nation pick, it is going to be at the bottom in those interleague games, so you might need to fast forward a little bit with regards to that one. And we do not have any numbers up on this game, so that'll make the first handicap a little bit interesting. 901, 902 on the bang board. Colorado Rockies at the red face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kyle Freeland is going to be walking the plank for the Rockies. And for Pittsburgh, it is to be determined. It's looking like it's going to be Romse Contreras, the young guy for Pittsburgh, but as of right now, that has not been confirmed. And as a result, this is a game that is currently off the board, but assuming that we wind up getting the young 22-year-old in Contreras against Kyle Freeland, this is a spot in which I set the Rockies as a very slight minus 104 favorite and 7.5 or less. Going to be looking at an over and an 8 or higher. I'd be taking a look at an under, and if it's a bullpen game for the Pirates, relatively a similar price there. Might wind up moving a couple pennies based on bullpen usage on Monday, but you'd be looking at something similar where it's a relative pick with the Rockies being a very, very, very slim favorite. But even though the Rockies are a team that, no question, they struggle a whole heck of a lot more on the road than at home with Contreras, I take a look at him, and he's a guy that I think has a very bright future here in the MLB. The problem with him is that he's averaging 4.9 walks per nine innings this season, and he does a good job of being able to get swings and misses, 10.5 punch outs per nine innings at the AAA level, and he's had a cup of coffee at the major league level this season. He's made three appearances, long relief appearances, seven and two-thirds innings, and has been able to do a relatively decent job when he's been called up to the big leagues, but this being really, I believe, his second career start, I think that he wound up making one last year. It's going to be a really big spot for him, and then you take a look at Kyle Friedland, and He's nothing great. He's nothing terrible. 1-4 record. Probably doesn't deserve quite that bad. 45 ERA when your home ballpark is Coors is a little bit tough. And, and on the road this year, he's given up one run over the course of 11 innings. So he's been rock solid when he's been away from Coors Field. Now, the Rockies bullpen is just absolutely terrible. I mean, you've got a bullpen that is currently dead last with regards to ERA. Robert Stevenson has not been able to get the job done. They had to use up Ty Block yesterday, so that's a little bit of an issue. I will say, you've had the home and road splits of Daniel Bard be a little bit better this season. Alex Coleman has been a little bit of an upgrade, but certainly not terrific there. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though all but one of their wins have come out of the bullpen this year, it has not been great for this bunch either. Chris Stratton on north of 4 ERA. Eth Embry, his ERA is rocking at right around at 8-ish. J.C. Young has been a little bit good in long relief. Anthony Bonda has not been bad along David Bernard. Just take a look at both of these lineups for the Rockies. They're hitting about a 230 as a collective on the road compared to north of a 280 at home. Big giant drop-off. C.J. Crone, he's got nine home runs at home this year. Two home runs on the road. Now, the good news is, 
for the Colorado Rockies. Chris Bryant is starting to come off the injured list. He did wind up getting the day off yesterday, but him being able to get back to full off, that helps him out. Jose Iglesias, he was a little bit banged up. He's hitting a 300 for the team. Randall Gritchick has been a nice addition. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have Cabrian Ace being able to get on base for the team. 373 on base. Ben Gamble hitting right around 8270 as well. So he's been able to do a nice job. And then Daniel Vogelback, right now, is the only guy supplying the boom. Six home runs thus far this season. He's got right around a 325 on base, but. Away from Coors, Colorado's not necessarily pounding out a lot of deep balls. The Pirates aren't necessarily doing a great job either. And I do take a look at Kyle Freeland, just the experience itself. Winds up having me just give him a little bit of an upgrade here. So if we do wind up getting Contreras versus Freeland, set the Rockies at a minus 104. And with these lineups, 7.5 or less looking over 8 or higher to the under. And a 3.94 on the betting board. You've got the Chicago Cubs hitting the road face off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are on to Cincinnati. Who's on to Tyler Molly getting the start. And Marcus Roman is going to be on the bump for the Cubs. Cubs are finding themselves in a relative pick'em game here. Finding them as good as a minus 103 and as bad as a minus 110. For the Reds, finding them anywhere between minus 107 and minus 110. So a relative pick'em game here. 8 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105. And when it comes to the Cubs, set them as a minus 107 favorite. So seeing them in a lot of places between even money and minus 105. I am going to be willing to take a shot here because you do take a look at Marcus Stroman. And even though he wound up going 10-13 and 13 last season, he was actually very solid for this team, posting up right around a 3-ish ERA. That was back when he was with the Mets, obviously, but was able to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort for that team. And then you take a look at the flip side for Tyler Molly. And the big thing for Tyler Molly is that his home and road splits are just absolutely terrible. This year, he's been posting up north of a 5 ERA, so it has not really mattered. But on the road last year, he wound up having an ERA that was hovering right around about a 2-3 to a 2-4 when he was on the road. At home, it wound up going to north of a 5. This is a guy that just got completely barbecued when he was in Cincinnati. Now, as we know, Cincinnati is a little bit more of a hitter-friendly ballpark, but still, I mean, these splits are absolutely demonstrative that we wound up seeing on the road. He wound up giving a 5 home runs at 101 and 2 thirds innings, 19 bombs and 78 innings at home with opponents hitting a 270 off of them. Not great there. And then you take a look at the Reds. This has been a bullpen that has not necessarily been too terrific. It is a bunch as relying upon guys like Tony Santian, Hunter Strickland, not good. Jeff Hoffman has been relatively solid. And whenever Alexis Diaz has been out there, he's been able to lend some very good innings. He's got right around a 1 ERA. But for the Cubs, this is a top 3 bullpen with regards to ERA in the National League. You've had Chris Martin be able to step up with right around 2-5 ERA. Michael Givens, good innings out of him. Rowan Wick, Scott Efres, both have a sub-2-5 ERA. And then you do take a look at this Cubs lineup. And they are scoring about a full run per game less when they are on the road rather than when they are at home. So that is a little bit of an issue. C.A. Suzuki has been stuck on 4 home runs for nearly neon, but he's got a 350 on base. Ian App has been able to get on with right around a 395. The young shortstop that is now getting at bat, Christopher Morrell, has been able to do a solid job. Patrick Wisdom continues to strike out, but he's also continuing to give you bombs. He's got 10 home runs this season, and for the Reds, this has been a very good over team this season. Now, they've seen the overs that we were getting about a week and a half or so ago. Those have really dried up, but still, you do have a guy in Brandon Drury who's been able to do a nice job of being a reach base for you. He's been able to pound out some nice home runs right around a 340 on base. Tommy Pham is starting to see a little bit of sinkage, and Joey Votto's back in the fold, and I don't know how much that upgrades his team. He's only hitting a buck 40 this season. You now have Nick Senzel back in the fold as well. Mike Boussakis, when he came back, that wound up helping out this team. And then you saw Tyler Stevenson come back, and he's got a 360 on base. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that the Cubs should be a very slight favorite. And I do think that with the way that Tyler Molly gives up hard contact, and Marcus Stroman has been a little bit up and down this season, was solid last year, and seems like he's starting to be able to find 
his old form from last season again. Last season starts, has given up two earned runs over the course of 12 innings. That was against the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. Uh, the Cubs should be able to get it done. One to lay up to a minus 170 here with the Cubs. And semi total at 8.7. So looking over and looking Cubs. 905, 906 on the betting board. You've got yourself the LA Dodgers hitting the road face off against the Washington Nationals. Josiah Gray is going to be on the mound for the Nets. And Walker Buehler is going to be on the bump for LA at the Los Angeles. And we're between minus 230 and minus 250 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Nets, anywhere between plus $2 and plus 215 is your price. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5. Overs anywhere between minus 115 and even money. And the under, finding that anywhere between a minus 105 and minus 120. On the 9, under is minus 120 and the over is even. And with the Washington Nationals, I did need a pretty hefty plus price to be able to take it even though. Got a little bit of a revenge spot here with Josiah Gray. You want him getting traded at the deadline from the Dodgers to the Nationals. I believe that was part of the Mad Max Scherzer deal, but I need at least a plus 225 to be able to take a shot here on the Nationals. We have not gotten there. And if you take a look at this Dodgers run line, currently finding it right in the neighborhood about a minus 140 to a minus 145. At minus 145, it would be pretty much a max that I'd be willing to lay with regards to the Dodgers run line, but I would be willing to lay that minus 145. And when it comes to Walker Buehler, he has been able to do a relatively solid job this year, and I do think that he is the ace of this Dodgers staff as of right now, even when Clayton Kershaw is fully healthy. He just is a guy that is out there. He's able to deal night in and night out, has been a workhorse for this team all season long. Been posting up right around at 289 ERA, just three home runs, give it up in 46 and two-thirds innings. And you take a look at the way that Walker Buehler has been p- pitching on the road. Buck 29 ERA in his three starts, not allowing a single home run. An opponent saying a buck 49 has been terrific. And then with Josiah Gray, he's starting to come along right around at 436 ERA. Problem with him is that he's actually been worse in Washington, D.C. than on the road. Six ERA at home, 242 ERA on the road, and he just gives up too many gopher balls. Nine home runs given up over the course of 43 and a third innings thus far this season, and on top of that, his walks per nine rate hovers right around a 3.7. Dodgers, they wound up just completely pummeling the Washington Nationals. Yesterday, Nationals had to go into the bullpen quite deep because Yohan Adon just should not be getting starts in general, and for the Washington Nationals, guys like Kyle Finnegan, Steve Ciszek, Tanner Rainey, they just aren't that good, and for the LA Dodgers, they were a little bit depleted with regards to the bullpen, but you wind up having Tyler Anderson really lend some good length, so that puts them way back ahead, and Walker Buehler, a guy that's able to give you six strong on any given night, so that's big. So now guys like Craig Kimbrell, who are getting used up quite a bit with just their insane stretch of games. He's now got a little bit more rest along with someone like a Danny Hudson. Phil Bickford is underrated, and for the Dodgers, offense is really starting to get online. Got Mookie Betts along with Trey Turner down for what? Both hitting at least a 280 for this bunch. Betts has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. Freddie Freeman, nearly a 400 on base. Edwin Rios has actually been a nice find for this team. You've had guys like Max Muncy, Justin Turner struggle for this team, but Gavin Lux 345 on base, and then for the Washington Nationals, you've got Juan Soto right now hitting just a 240 for the team on base is still solid, but he's got eight home runs. You just expected a little bit more out of him. You got guys like Lane Thomas, Alcides Escobar, not necessarily doing a great job towards the bottom of the lineup. Nelson Cruz, it seems like age has finally caught up to him, sitting at a 200. Now I will say you do have Josh Bell along with Keeper Ruiz hitting between about a 280 to a 290. Cesar Hernandez, Mikel Franco, these guys have been able to get on base for you as well, but I do take a look at the spot, and I do think that Walker Buehler is going to do a good job of holding down this Washington Nationals offense. And for Josiah Gray, I don't think that he winds up giving too bad of a start. I just think that the bullpen winds up getting barbecued in this spot, which is why I am 
one to take a look at the LA Dodgers run line. And when it comes to Soto, I did wind up setting it at an 8.3 because I think that Greg is a good start, but I think that Bueller just holds down Washington. So looking at an under, and I'm looking at the Dodgers on the run line. 9 7 9 8 on the bag board. The Philadelphia Phillies hit the road face off against the Atlanta Braves. Man Max Freed is going to be going for the Bravos and Kyle Gibson on the bump for Philly. Philadelphia Phillies will find themselves anywhere between plus 120 and plus 142. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Atlanta, it is anywhere between minus 140 and minus 150 with 7.5 to 8 being your total. I think 7.5 over is minus 120 and the is even on the 8. Under Zenny were between minus 115 and minus 120. Over Zenny were between even and minus 105. And when it comes to the Phillies, needed a little bit more of a plus price to be able to take a shot here. I set the Braves at a minus 163. If you take a look at the run line that we've got right now, finding it in a lot of places between about a plus 135 to a plus 140, I'd be willing to take a run line in this spot, but I feel a little bit more secure, especially at a right around a minus 140 to a minus 142. Taking a look at the money line just because I do think that there's a little bit of potential for a one run game. We've been noticing a lot of home teams being teams that have been unable to cover that minus one and a half, even with Max Fried and Alshur and these Ben. You take a look at him ever since his first few starts of the year. This guy's been relatively lights out. He has been able to do a nice job giving up a combined 11 runs over the course of his last five starts. Has been doing a nice job of being able to hold down with regards to the walks as well. Just five walks given up in his last five starts as well, but Take a look at the flip side for Kyle Gibson, and this is someone that has been a little bit all over the place. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression, but he's been able to do a good job himself. Two runs of fear are given up, and now four out of his last five starts. He's been able to hone it in a little bit more with the walks, right around 2.7 walks per nine innings. Not a great swing and miss guy, but a guy that is able to give you right around seven and a half punch outs per nine innings, and the Phillies, they did wind up taking a to the Atlanta Braves yesterday. You've got Reese Hoskins, who's been a little bit up and down this season, but still able to get on base for the team. Alec Bohm, Gene Segura, both of these guys are hitting above a 285. Nick Cassianis has been solid, and Bryce Harper now back the fold. He looks to be like his normal self, 350 on base. He's been able to give you nine home runs. Kyle Schwarber, 10 bombs for him. Needs to pick it up with regards to batting average, but still finding a way on. And for the Atlanta Braves, this bunch going into Monday, hitting right around 225 as a collective. Adam Duvall, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. These guys hitting at 230 or lower. You need them to pick it up now with Riley. He has been able to go yard eight times this season, which is up on this team out. You also have Ronald Acuna now back in the fold as well. And for the Braves, this is a team that they've got a big leg up with regards the bullpen. And for the Phillies, I think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression with the bullpen. I like Corey Knable. I like what you've been able to get out of right hand. Jurisdiction Familia is a hot mess. And when you're trusting in guys like James Norwood, that's not great. But with the Braves, you do have a little bit more faith in these guys. Tyler Manzik has been dealing with injury, but you still have out there A.J. Minter who's able to do a solid job. Colin McKee wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the season. He's starting to rein it in a little bit more. Jesse Chavez, I know that he was a little bit banged up getting him back. That is going to be big as well. So I do think that Freed could be able to deliver a good start against Kyle Gibson. And I do take a look at this situation. I did wind up setting it at a 7.3. I do think that Gibson is a little bit better this year than he has been in the past. I think that's really a case of which I can't trust in the Phillies bullpen. And because I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, would rather take the money line rather than the run line. So I'm looking under, and I'm looking at a Braves right around minus 140-ish, if at all possible. So we'd be willing to lay a minus 145 to a minus 150. 909, 910 on the betting board. The Road to face off against the Slam Diego Padres. Blake Snell is going to be going for the pods and one Corbin Burns because I always think that Corbin Burns, the same should be said in an old English accent. Going to be going for the Brewers. The crew find themselves between about a minus 129 to a minus 131 favorite, seeing as good as a minus 125. Meanwhile, the pods is anywhere between plus 105 and plus 120 with your total on this game 6.5 over and under are both at minus 110 and 
We talked about this game with Adam Burke. I'm willing to take the six and a half over with Blake Sell. He actually had some very demonstrative home and road splits last year. Last year, I had an ERA north of six on the road, right around a 250 at home. His walks per nine rate dropped by nearly 50% when he was at home. So, I mean, he certainly has been much better in San Diego rather than on the road. But once again, we were talking about it. This is just his second start of the season. So he wound up being on the shelf for quite a while. That's not necessarily what you wanted. He's backed up by a bullpen of the Padres. He's in the bottom half of the league with regards to ERA, but you do take a look at Corbin Burns, and I do think that he's going to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort. In his last start, it didn't wind up necessarily going too terrific for him. He wound up against the Atlanta Braves in that spot. He wound up giving up four runs over the course of six innings. Prior to that, he had given up a combined four earned runs over the course of his last four starts, but what I think it's interesting about Burns is that this goes back to last year as well. His road ERA is actually better than his home ERA. Last two seasons, he's posted up right around about a buck ninety-two ERA on the road, and at home, it's right around a 2 ish so it's not like he's terrible at home and terrific on the road, but he's really good at home. He's excellent on the road, and then you take a look at this Milwaukee Brewers team in general, and I do think that they are going to be able to get to Blake Snell now. I think that the Brewers' offense are beneficiaries of playing against the Reds, the Poopy Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs a lot this season, but the numbers are the numbers. Rowdy Tilla has Hunter Renfro. Both have been able to give you nine home runs. Now, William Thomas being on the injured list, that does wind up hurting this team a little bit. And with Andrew McCutcheon, Tilla, as I mentioned earlier, Christian Yelich, even Colton Wong, all these guys entered into Monday inning between a 235 to a 250. Omar Nervais, you're able to throw him in there as well. So I do think that's a solid offense. I don't think that it's as great as their numbers bear out, but it is a team that's able to get the job done. And for the Padres, it's just really been a little bit of a top-heavy team. Now, Jorge Alfaro and Will Myers are starting to come along for the ride, both of these guys, hitting a 250, entering into what we wound up seeing on Monday, but and you got Robinson Cano, Luke Voigt, Trent Grisham, a bunch of guys hitting below the Medellin's line of 200. It's really been Eric Cosmar and Manny Machado carrying the load. Machado hitting a 375. It's just been ridiculous. And then Hosmer, 320. He's starting to live up to his billing of being a top-notch pitcher. And then for the Brewers, the ancillary pieces out there in the bullpen, like Brent Suter, Hobie Milner have not been great, but Brad Boxberger's been a solid setup man. Devin Williams and Josh Hader, these guys are lights up. Making the fact that Hader is unavailable for this series all the bigger as he's away from the team. So you do want to be taking note of that if you're taking a look at this game late. You do take a look at the flip side for the San Diego Padres team, and you need a little bit more out of a few of these bullpen pieces. Greg Salmon has been relatively solid, and Taylor Rogers, amazing as a closer, but someone like a Luis Garcia has been getting touched up a little bit. They did wind up training away Emilio Pagan prior to the season. I don't necessarily think that that was a bad move, but certainly is one that hurts some. Stephen Wilson, not necessarily been too terrific. This is pretty much right where I said it. I was willing to lay up to a minus 132 with the birds. Currently, Circa has a minus 131, and that's the highest number that I'm finding, so we're pretty much at the peak. I'm willing to lay with the Brewers, but I am going to be willing to lay somebody total just a little bit north of 6.5, so I'm looking over along with the Brewers. 9-11, 9-12 on the bang board. The San Francisco Giants going to be playing against the New York Metropolitans. Chris Bassett hopes to have a hook flying and sinker for the Mets, and Logan Webb is going to be on the bump for San Francisco. San Francisco has found themselves as a favorite here of anywhere between minus 126 and minus 131. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Metropolitans, find them at pretty much a plus 110 to a plus 120 across the board with 7 being your total and juices all over the place, over and under, anywhere between even money and minus 120. With regards to the San Francisco Giants, made them a minus 142 favorite. The last time the San Francisco Giants wound up losing a appearance in general that Logan Webb wound up making at home during the regular season, you have to go back to 2020. This guy is lights out 
when he's in San Francisco. Now on the road, it's been a little bit more suspect. And this year, he's seen his ERA rise to about a 324 when he's been at home compared to more like a 2 last season. But still, has been rock solid. Has not given up a home run in San Francisco this season. Opponents are a 283 off of him. But I think that's been a little bit more unlucky in general. He's given up four walks in 25 innings at home this season. Now, Chris Bassett is a guy that's used to pitching out there on the West Coast as he was with the Oakland A's last season. And you take a look at what he's done on the road in his three starts with the Mets when he's been away from New York. He has given up one run in 17 and two-thirds innings. He has been absolutely lights out with that regard. So that is big for the team. You do take a look at the San Francisco Giants. And this is a lineup that they've been able to get the bats going a little bit more recently. And just big that they've got a clean bill of health in general. Evan Longoria now back the fold for this team. Tommy Lasella. He just wanted coming off the injured list. I know that they've been dealing with some ailments of Brandon Belt. He did not wind up starting yesterday, but you do take a look at even just having out there someone like a Mikey Sharmsky who's missed a little bit of time this year. He's hitting a 300. That's big for the team. Luis Gonzalez has been hitting above 300 as well. Some these guys coming back for the Giants. That is big. And for the Mets, right now, they've been playing a lot of small ball. They lead the league with regards to infield singles. I think that they've been a little bit lucky at the plate, but certainly Buck Walter has these guys playing a little bit more inspired, a little bit more fundamentally sound as well as Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McDeal all entered into Monday, hitting at least at 280. So that has been solid. Eduardo Escobar needs to pick it up. He's hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200, but Sterling Marte, 270 batting average, one of the better base dealers out there in baseball. Pete Alonso led the league at home runs on the road last season. Now, where you've got trepidations with the Mets is with regards to this bullpen. They got rid of Aaron Loop, Miguel Castro in the offseason. So they've been relying a lot on Drew Smith. And Drew Smith has been terrific. Buck 45 ERA. He's had a little bit of an up and down season with Joey Rodriguez. Heck, even Seth Lugo has let you down a little bit. And for the San Francisco Giants, this is a team that last year wound up having the best bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. And this year it has not been as good. Zach Liddell, Dominic Leone have dealt with injuries. Now, Jarlon Garcia and Camilo Duvall have been terrific, but Jose Alvarez just should not be put into high leverage situations. North of a four ERA thus far this season has been a little bit of a mess there, but Logan Webb always finds a way to be able to deliver at home, and I think that he's going to be able to do the same here. Won't lay up to a minus 142 here with the San Francisco Giants, so I'm going to look at the Giants on the money line. I think that both Bassett and Webb are going to be dealing in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark as well, so my total is 6.8, so looking under and looking Giants. 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board, the New York Yankees are going to be playing us to the Baltimore Orioles. Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman is going to be going for the Royals. And Jordan Montgomery is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. Your total on this game is 8 over Zang between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Yankees, you're finding them in between minus 240 and minus 250. Seeing straight minus 235 out there as well. And with the Orioles, anywhere between plus 195 and seeing as high as a plus 220. And you're at a plus 220. It's really getting close to what I'm taking a look at. If you're taking a look at the Yankees run line, by the way, you're going to be laying a minus 125 there. I was only willing to lay up to a minus 122, so I need to get to more like a 225 to be able to take a shot here on Baltimore, but with that said, the way that the money has been coming in on this series, I do think I'm going to be able to get my plus 225, and that would be, for me, a play on the Baltimore Orioles, because you do take a look at Bruce Zimmerman, and I've actually been relatively impressed by what I've seen out of him this year. Is he going to come out there, and is he going to be like Bob Gibson or anything like that? No, but he's given up four home runs in 41 and a third innings. He's backed up by a bullpen of the Orioles that entered into Monday in the top 10 in the league with regards to ERA. And all of a sudden, the Orioles are starting to hit a little bit. 
You've got Austin the Sayes, Kid and Trey Boomer Mancini hitting above a 280 for this team. You bring up Adelie Rushman from the minor league level. Now, still have a couple guys like Robinson Cicerinos, Anthony Benboom, Chris Owings that they just need to pick it up with regards to that. But Ryan Mountcastle sitting at 260. Cedric Mullins is sitting right around 250. So these are guys that are rock solid. Now, if you take a look at the Yankees, and you do have the mashers of this team as you now have Aaron Judge at 17 home runs this season. I had he and John Carlos Santa combined 28 home runs. That's like six or seven more home runs than the Tigers have as a team this year. So, I mean, that's just absolutely incredible what these guys are doing. And both Santa and Judge hitting above a 285. Glaber Torres has been a little bit up and down, but he's had his moments of brilliance here in recent weeks. You've been able to get DJ LeMahieu on base. He and Isaiah Canera-Falefa have been good at being able to move the line. Anthony Rizzo only getting at 225, but a double-digit amount of bombs, 340 on base. But now the Yankees have a few more question marks with regards to their bullpen. Chad Green, he is out for the rest of the season. Aroldis Chapman, he has just been a mess. And he has given up at least one run in each out of his last five appearances, and it looks like he's dealing with a little bit of an Achilles injury. That's not necessarily too terrific, so Lucas Lukey is seeing more innings. Jonathan Lewisaga's ERA is right now a 7, and for the Baltimore Orioles, Felix Bautista has been terrific out there in the bullpen. Joy Kreeble, not necessarily too terrific. CNL Perez, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up his 0 ERA, but it's been very good to see. For the Orioles, I think that this is just a line that has went up a little bit too high. I would like to be able to get a plus 225 here, but I mean, if anything right now, I'm taking a shot on the Baltimore Orioles, especially with the way that the Yankees have seen a little bit of a war of attrition with regards to their bullpen. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3 as well. We wound up seeing yesterday's game wind up going nice and over the total with the Orioles picking it up on offense. So, Looking at an 8 over and right now looking at a Baltimore Orioles plus price with the King so juicy. 915-916 on the bang board. The Detroit Tigers a third face off against the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray is going to be going for the Twins and Bo Brisky is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Detroit has find themselves as a very sizable underdog here. You're going to be getting them in between plus 175 and plus 205. Meanwhile, with Minnesota, it's anywhere between minus 210 and minus 235 with 8 to 8 that being your total on the 8F. Under minus 120, the over is even. On the 8, the over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to Minnesota, I did wind up saying them as a hefty favorite. I was one to lay up to a minus 218 with them. I just don't think we're going to be able to get to the plus 220 run line that I need on the Tigers. And if you're looking at this run line with the Twins in a lot of spots, I'm finding it at a minus 105, seeing a size of minus 110. And I'm willing to lay pretty much up to a minus 112 on this Minnesota Twins run line because I mean, even if they don't wind up scoring a bunch of runs off of a Tigers bullpen that has been one of the best out there in the big leagues, they should be able to get it done because I mentioned it with Adam Burke. The Tigers on the road going into what we wound up seeing on Monday, 2.07 runs per game. I mean, that's just absolutely terrible right there, and I think that they're going to see a little bit of positive progression, but I mean, do you want to bang on that? Because I don't. You take a look at this lineup, and currently you've got Eric Goss, Jamie Candelario, Spencer Torkelson, Jonathan Scope, along with Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez. All hitting at 215 or lower. Gasp. I mean, this is a bunch that they're on pace hit about 90 home runs this year as a collective. It's not necessarily too terrific. You've had Miguel Cabrera hit right around 275 for the team. And Aaron Castro and Willie Castro, the two Castros, they're both hitting above 275. But take a look at the Minnesota Twins. You've now got Trevor Larnage back in the fold after he was dealing with a little bit of an injury. Max Kepler, he's been able to do a very nice job for the team. He had a grand slam yesterday. He's hitting above a 260. So he's been able to pick it up by your bucks. And he's hitting just a 220. But you look at his power numbers, he's been able to give you 11 home runs in 28 games this season. So 
That has been nice and rock solid for the team. You now have Carlos Correa off the injured list as well. And even the understudy that have come in for Carlos Correa the past few weeks, they've been able to do a solid job. And for the Twins, they've got a top-down bullpen in terms of ERA of their own. Joe Smith has yet to allow an earned run all season long. Danny Columbi has been a little bit banged up, but whenever he's been out there, he has been solid now. Cody Sasha, Caleb Theobard, the long guys, they're not necessarily too terrific, but even Emilio Pagan, he's been able to pick it up for this team as well. So I do think that the Detroit Tigers are going to be up against it, especially with Bryce who has been just a guy. Seven home runs given up in 26 and a third innings. He's honestly lucky his ERA is only at a 513. He's been giving up right around four walks per nine innings. He's given up a whole bunch of hard contact in general. You take a look at things, and they're just starting to go south from. He's given up at least three total runs in four out of his five starts. So I do think that the Twins are going to be able to get to him, even with Sonny Gray being a little bit shaky. I think the fact that he's going up against the Tigers lineup is going to be good for him. Gray has given up three home runs in 20 and two-thirds innings. And his walks per nine rate is a little bit above four, but he's also been able to get north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Sonny Gray has been eased back a little bit. He's been dealing with injuries. Wanted going six strong against the Oakland A's. So that was a little bit of a confidence booster for him. Was able to get him stretched out. So I do take a look at the spot, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Twins on the run line. Semi-total is 7.3 because I have no faith whatsoever in this Detroit team doing their part for the guards to this total. So looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Twins on the run line. 917-918 on the bang board. The Chicago White Sox are going to be playing the Boston Red Sox as Nick Pavetta is going to be on the bump for Boston. And Dylan Cease and Decease is going to be going for the White Sox. White Sox between a minus 150 to a minus 157 favorite, seeing a straight minus 147 out there as well. Meanwhile, with the Red Sox, you're finding them between plus 130 and plus 147, with 7.5 being your total. On the over, it is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is between even and minus 110. And when it comes to Red Sox, I set them at a plus 178 now. What is interesting about Nick Pavetta is that he's actually significantly better on the road than he is at home. Last year, he wound up having an ERA right around a 550 at home. Wound up being more like a 375 on the road, so he was actually significantly better when he was away from Fenway, and he's coming off of a complete game that was very impressive against the Houston Astros. You take a look prior to that complete game, he was posting up an ERA that was north of a 5, though, and I mean, to the credit of Nick Pavetta, he has went 22 innings in his last three starts, giving up two total runs and just one walk in his last four starts, so he has been terrific. I think he's going to regress to the mean a little bit more here, and I do think that the White Sox, they're going to be able to get out, and they're going to have the bats up and operated. Eloy Jimenez is still currently on the injured list, but Jose Abreu is not going to continue it at 215 all season long now. Yasmani Grandal was very lucky with regards to his on-base percentage last season, but he, Lurie Garcia, Reese McGuire, all these guys, they're aiming below a 200. I do think that they're going to be able to rise up a little bit more. You've got Luis Robert along Tim Anderson. will be able to do a great job of getting on base. Anderson, 400 on base, 360 batting average has been able to really supply some boom for this team. Luis Robert is hitting right around 285 as well. And A.J. Pollock starting to pick it up as well after a really rough start to the season. Now hitting a 245 as he's had a multi-hit game in three out of the team's last five. So that's exactly what they acquired him to do. And for the White Sox, it's been a rough bullpen this year. They're in the bottom half with their guys' bullpen ERA, but I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a rise with this. Kendall Graveman is someone that I trust in. Liam Hendricks, I think, is a little bit overrated with regards to top closers in the big leagues. He's still a very good closer, though, so I do think that he's going to be able to have himself some nice saves here in the next few weeks. Jose Ruiz has been able to do a solid job. And hey, you've been able to get a little bit of something out of Tanner Banks as well. Then you take a look at the flip side for the Boston Red Sox. And ever since Garrett Woodlock got taken out of this bullpen, it has not been great for them. Matt Stram has been able to do a solid job, giving you right around a two-ish ERA. So he's actually been good. 
You got a Kazu Satomura, a little bit up and down for him. Austin Davis is someone that they've had to look to because Ryan Brazier has been terrible, and I think that he's currently on the injured list right now. Matt Barnes has been posting up in the ERA right around a 659, so that's not great either. And for the Red Sox, it's a very top-heavy team right now. You've got three guys who are some of the best hitters right now in all of baseball. Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. All these guys are hitting at least a 325. And I will say, Trevor's story is now starting to pick it up. Only a 225 batting average, but he really had a tremendous series against the Seattle Mariners. But aside from the big three in Bogarts, Devers, and Martinez, guys that have at least five at-bats under their belt, you've only got one other guy that's hitting above 231. That'd be Christian Vasquez. He's now hitting at 250. He's been able to pick it up a little bit. So I do think that that's going to be a bit of an issue. And for Dylan Cease, we were talking about this with Sam Paniotovich last week. He has gone over a strikeout prop in all but one of his starts thus far this season. So if you're looking at that market, might be worth taking a look at. Eight plus punch outs in each out of his last five starts. Now, he did wind up getting lit up against the Yankees in a start about two weeks ago. But past that, in his other starts in his last five, he's given up a combined three runs now. I will say two of those starts were against the Poopy Kansas City Royals, but he has been really impressive at for Dylan Cease. So he's been a little bit better at home than he has been on the road this year. It's been a little bit of a reversal because of that start that he wound up having against the Yankees. But you go back to 2021, 318 home area, 469 road area, and I do think that C's going to be very dominant once again here in the city of Chicago. So this is a spot in which I'm taking a look at the White Sox. Only question is money line or run line. If you're looking at the White Sox run line, you're finding that anywhere between a plus 130 to a plus 135. I was willing to take pretty much anything above a plus 115. So I'm going to reduce the juice. I'm going to take the White Sox on the run line, even though they are the home team, because I think that the bats are going to be busting out. I do think the Pavetta is going to regress a little bit. So my total at 8.2, so White Sox run line and the over the play here. 919-920 on the main board. Cleveland Guardians are going to be in the road face-off against the Houston Astros. Rambo Valdez is going to be going for the Strohs and Zach Plesac going for the Guardians. This game is off the board because we were thinking we were going to get Cal Quantrill at first. Zach Plesac wound up getting pushed back a day, so that is why this game is currently off the board, but I want to make in the line minus 180 on the Astros. Pretty much anything above a plus 105, so any sort of a plus price. Wanted to take a look at the Astros on the run line and made my total an 8.3, so Andrew Luss looking over 8.5 for higher. Going to be taking a look at an under when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians. This is a bunch that they do a good job of being able to reach base. They don't necessarily have a lot of measures on this team, but at the same time, what you do have with regards to Cleveland Guardians is Mr. RBI himself, Jose Ramirez. 38 RBI now with what he wound up doing yesterday. That currently leads the league, and he's been doing a nice job of being able to get on base. He, Owen Miller, Andres Jimenez, all hitting between a 285 and a 295. You've got Josh Naylor, who's back from COVID-19. He's hitting above a 330 for the team. He's able to take the ball yard as well. Miles Straw has a 350 on base. Steven Kwan has a 367 on base. This is actually a very good Guardians lineup, but you take a look at the Houston Astros, and this is like a death star right here. Yuli Gurriel is starting to pick it up after he had a rough start to the season. You got Jordan Alvarez, who's one team 12 times, 360 on base. Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, both of these guys hanging above a 275. Jose Siri starting to pick it up, and Jeremy Pena. I mean, how about the way that this guy's been able to fill in for Carlos Correa? 285 batting average, 7 home runs, 20 plus RBI. He has been terrific, and with the Astros under the radar, this is a team that entering into Monday had the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. Rafael Montero is going to see regression from his 0.54 ERA. It just is what it is, but I mean, you take a look at Ryan Stanek, Blake Taylor. These guys have been terrific. Phil Main with like a 3.80 RAs right now, the weak link on this bullpen. It has been 
utterly impressive to see that. And Ryan Presley is off the injured list. And for the Guardians, just in case in which Zach Plesak is allowing a little bit too much hard contact. To the credit of Plesak, he's not going to put guys on cheaply for his career. I mean, he's done a terrific job of just not allowing a lot of walks in general. His walks per nine rate hovers right around about a 2.5 for his career thus far this season. 12 walks in 38 two-thirds innings is honestly a little bit high for him, but he's given up at least one home run in each out of his last four starts. He has given up at least five runs in three out of his last four starts with a lone outright liar being the start that he wound up having against the Cincinnati Reds. Having to go up against this lineup, that is a little bit tough. And for Framber Valdez, if he can do a nice job of just not giving out walks in general, that's going to be big because he's got good swing and miss stuff. He's been able to do a very solid job of being able to not allow a lot of hard contact as well. One home run given up in 47 innings this year. Right around 3.7 walks per nine innings is a little bit high. Swing and miss stuff has been a little bit down this year. He's averaging right around 7.7-ish strikeouts per nine innings, but certainly has been able to do a nice job of being able to deliver for this team. So right now, setting the Astros as a minus 180 favorite. Pretty much any plus price will be taking a look at the run line at eight or less looking at an over, eight and a half higher to the under. 921-922 on the betting board. The LA Angels are going to be playing us to the Walker, Texas Rangers. Dane Gitterdunning is going to be trying to get her done for the Rangers. And Noah Thorsendegaard is going to be on the bump for the Halos. Halos are finding themselves at a minus 162 at minus 165 price. And if you're taking a look at Texas, it's anywhere between plus 145 and plus 155. Total on this game is eight over and under, both at minus 110. Dane Dunning's home and road splits, I do think, are really going to be coming into play here. As a result, I want him saying the Angels closer to a $2 favorite in this spot. So I'm going to be taking a look at them, whether it be money line or run line. When it comes to Dunning, hasn't been too bad this year. 392 ERA. He's given up five home runs in 43 and two-thirds innings. The walks rate 3.3 per nine innings. It's a little bit high, but the swing and miss stuff has been their last start against the LA Angels. Got it done, giving up two runs over the course of six innings, but... You just have to know that this is a guy that ever since he got to Texas has not performed well on the road. 420 road ERA this season, which isn't necessarily too bad, but you take a look at that 2021 season. He had a 640 ERA on the road, 309 ERA at home. So, I mean, he literally over doubled his ERA on the road versus at home. So, that's an issue. And for Thor Syndergaard, and his last start was an issue against the Texas Rangers. He got two outs. He gave up six runs, four of which were earned. It was cataclysmically bad. The fielding did not wind up helping him out, and he just pitched like garbage. We're going to call it what it is, but he's backed up by a bullpen that, I mean, the top guys are very good. The bottom guys aren't so much, but Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, Rossi Iglesias, these guys are very sure-handed. When you wind up getting to guys like Oliver, Ortega, Mike Myers, it becomes a little bit more of a roll of the dice, but you do take a look at this Angels lineup, and it certainly is a little bit of a fearsome one, and that's because guys on named Trout and Otani have really been able to deliver for this team and I'm looking at you Mr. Taylor Ward who has been absolutely amazing this season for the team. He has been able to hit a 370 with a 381 on base. Nine home runs for this bunch, so he has really been able to deliver. Now, he's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. He's probably going to be out for this game, so that needs to be factored in, but Joey Otani, he wound up going deep in the team's game on Sunday, along with Mike Trout. They've got to combine 21 home runs between the two of them. Trout hitting for a 434 on base, but the other guys, like Anthony Rendon, Jared Walsh, they're starting to pick it up. Both of these guys hitting between a 235 to a 240. Brandon Marsh has been able to hit a 270 for you. Tyler Wade is able to get on base as well, so this is very encouraging, and then you do take a look at the Texas Rangers lineup, and is there a bigger waste of money right now in the major leagues than Marcus Simeon? I mean, the guy is still hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. He's got as many home runs as myself. I mean, it's just absolutely pitiful to take a look at this guy that wound up getting so much money, and 
he has delivered such little production. So that's not necessarily too terrific, Corey Seager. He's probably not living up to his contract at this point, but at the very least, he's got nine home runs. He's hitting a 245 along with Cole Calhoun, Charlie Culberson. He's sort of in that fold as well, but Nick Solak, Adolis Garcia, Mitch Garver, Andy Ibanez, the aforementioned Simeon, Andy Ibanez, I mean, all these guys, they're hitting currently a 215 or lower. And for the Rangers, Bullpen has actually been halfway decent. Brock Burke has been able to give you an ERA that hovers right around a buck 30. You've got Joe Barlow who's been able to do a good job out of the bullpen. John King has a 250 ERA, so... These guys have been rock solid, but that said, I just think that Dane Dunning, not going to be able to get her Dunning on the road. If you're taking a look at the run line of the LA Angels, you're going to be able to get a relatively favorable price here. As I'm seeing it, you're getting anywhere between a plus 120 and a plus 127. I'm going to lay the run line here with the Angels. I was pretty much looking at anything of even money or greater, and so I total at 8.1 because I do think that the Angels jump all aboard Dunning. So, looking at the over and looking at the run line of the Angels, 923-924 on the betting board. The Oakland A's hit the road face off against the Seattle Mariners. George Kirby is going to be going for the M's, and James Caprillion is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Oakland is finding themselves between plus 125 and plus 144 for Seattle. It's anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155, with 7 after 7 being your total on the 7. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. 7 half flip it. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And when it comes to Oakland, this is a spot in which I needed at least a plus 152 to be able to take a shot on them. So, seeing the minus 145s I am right now, I'd be willing to take it with Seattle if you're taking a look at their run line. Find that between a plus 135 to a plus 145. With regards to a run line, I would need at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot. So it is within that neighborhood, but I would rather take a minus 145 and lay it rather than the plus price because Oakland has actually been very good with regards to their bullpen, but at the same time, they just have not been able to put up a lot of runs all season long. They have scored four runs or fewer, and I believe now 17 out of their last 24 games. So certainly has been a case in which they've been playing a lot of games of leaser and for George Kirby, he's making, I believe now, his fourth career start. And hasn't been great. He hasn't been bad. Someone that in his first three starts has given up a combined eight total runs across 15 innings, but only six of them have been earned. What I really like about him, he holds down the fort. He's only given up two walks, not been able to get a ton of swing and miss, 11 punch outs of 15 innings, but by and large, has done a nice job of just not necessarily beating his team. And then for James Caprillion, he wound up having a really brutal start first time out against the Cleveland Guardians, giving up four runs over the course of two innings. Ever since then, he's really been able to stabilize things. 16 innings, giving up five runs, and I think that that's what we could expect out of Caprillion for the rest of the way. Someone that's going to be able to duplicate what he did last year, right around a 3-5-ish ERA, gave up right around a home run per nine innings. Sometimes gets a little bit careless with the walks, 10 walks and 18 innings thus far this season, but as we will do a solid job, and then you take a look at the Oakland A's and I am sorry, but this bullpen is doing for a little bit of regression because you take a look at this. You've got A.J. Puck, Danny Jimenez, and Sam Maul, all with a 0.73 or lower. These guys are solid. I like the bullpen of the A's. They're not going to be able to keep up that, though. I mean, Zach Jackson has been able to give you right around a 3-ish ERA. That's a little bit more sustainable. And Lou Trevino has been a hot mess, but by and large, A's bullpen has been terrific. And then you take a look at the Mariners, and their bullpen has taken a little bit of a setback. I like what you've been able to get out of Anthony Machevich. He's coming. He's been able to do a solid job at, from time to time. Eric Swanson, though. He's been dealing with a few ailments throughout the season. Paul Sewell has been solved, but you take a look at Drew's second rider now north of a 5 ERA. That has been a little bit of an issue for the team, but you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners lineup as well. And you do have guys who are able to get on base free. Adam Frazier, Julio Rodriguez, Andre 
bring in a Monday. Both in between about a 264 to a 270 time. France, he's hitting a 325 with 28 RBI. He has been amazing this year. J.P. Crawford is sitting right around 290 with a 370 on base. Don't have a lot of home run power with this team with Mitch Hanniger being out, though you do have Eugenio Suarez. He's been able to go deep eight times, right around a 315 on base. But I do take a look at the Oakland A's. And this is just a lineup that... It's not Major League worthy. We're going to call it what it is. You take a look at what they want to trotting out there on Monday. You wound up having three guys that were hitting above a 222. Jed Lowry, you just wound up coming off the injured list. Chad Pinder and Sheldon Noisy. Noisy being the top guy with a 261 batting average. Nobody in the lineup with more than four home runs this season. So that is a mess when it comes to Oakland, which I do think is going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring game here. I think that we've went down a little bit too low. And with the Oakland A's, I think we're going to see negative regression with regards to the bullpen, but positive progression with regards to the offense. That might total at 7.7. So I'm going to go over. But with the Mariners, I think that there is a good chance that they wind up playing a one-run game because even though I like the over, I still think that it's going to be a relatively low scoring game. So I am going to be looking at the Mariners' money line in the spot right around a minus 145 to go along with this total over. 925-926 on the bank board. The Miami Marlins hit the road face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McLennan is going to be going for the Rays and Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Rays are friend themselves as a minus 155 favorite. And then if you're taking a look at Miami, anywhere between plus 135 and plus 145 is your price. Six and a half is your total. The over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And with Mr. Lopez and company, we're going to be all aboard. I was willing to take anything of a plus 135 or greater, and we haven't been able to get there. You take a look at Lopez, and throughout his career, he certainly does have a little bit of a home and road split. But, I mean, the guy has been absolutely amazing this year, regardless of where he's pitched. 46 innings across his starts, buck 57 ERA. His walks per nine rate is a 2.2. He's given up two home runs this season with a little bit north of a nine strikeout per nine inning rate. Do wind up getting lit up a little bit in his last start against the Washington Nationals. But you take a look at what Lopez has done away from Miami this year. 0.47 ERA. That's going to see a little bit of regression, but this guy's been amazing. And you take a look at Shane McClanahan. He has been able to do a nice job of being a lockdown as well. Has given up two runs or fewer in all but one of his starts, in which he wanted giving up three runs against the Minnesota Twins. Has given up a couple rockets this year. Six home runs given up in 46 and two-thirds innings, but... Walks per nine rate is sub two, and you just take a look at these strikeout numbers. Right around 12.7 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been magnificent with that regard, but you do take a look at the Miami Marlins, and this is a team that they're able to get on base. Jazz Shislam, he's been able to hit right around at 290 for this bunch, 340 on base, seven home runs for him. Now, you need the superstar bats to be able to pick it up a little bit. Avicio Garcia, Ore Soler, Jacob Sellings, Miguel Roas, they're only in between a 205 to a 220. They've seen a little bit of a rise, but they need to do a little bit more, and Asu Sanchez is hitting a 221 himself, but Asu Saguiar now has been able to give you right around a 275 batting average. Garrett Cooper, a 340 on base. Don't have a ton of power with regards to this team, but it's actually been halfway decent this season. Then you take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's been a little bit of an all-or-nothing lineup. The bottom of the lineup has not necessarily been able to produce. Now, Randy Orozarena starting to get online. He's now hitting at 258, and you take a look at Randy Orozarena. Over the last 14 days, it has been absolutely tremendous. We're going to go last 15 days, as a matter of fact. 320 batting average. He has been able to go deep four times in that time span, so he has really been able to pick it up recently for this team, but you still take a look at Brandon Lau, who's been a little bit banged up recently for this team, along with someone like Tyler Walls, Mike Zanino. These guys have been hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, which has been a little bit of an issue. Brett Phillips is able to pick it up a little bit. That's been good, and then you do take a look at the top of the lineup. Yandy Diaz, Harold Ramirez, Jerman Choi, all these guys in between a 272 to a 282. Wander Franco has been in a little bit of a funk, but he's hitting a 260 for the team along with Francisco Mejia, and for the Rays bullpen, 
It has been lights out. J.P. Fire hasn't has yet to give up a single earned run this season. Even guys like Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch, these guys have come in. They have been absolutely incredible. Ryan Thompson, he has been shaky, to say the least, for the team. But Matt Weisler, he's got a sub-3 ERA in them for the Miami Marlins. The Anthony's Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender. It's been a little bit of a tale of two seasons for these two guys. As you've had Anthony Bass be able to do a very solid job for the team. Buck 62 ERA, Bender more like a 450. But Stephen Olkert, right around a 230 ERA. He's been very sure-handed. Lewis Head, Tommy Nance, both of these guys. Pitching with right around a buck fifty ERA as well. So I do think that they're going to do a solid job being able to hold down the fort. I think that this plus price has went a little bit too high with Miami. So I'm going to be taking a look at Miami being able to get north of a plus 135. And with this total, we were talking about with Adam. This is one of those very few six and a half. So I'm going to be willing to take under. So my total is 6.4. So I was right on the borderline, but I'm going under and I'm going with the fish. 927, 928 on the bang board. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays. And it was not decided until late that Jordan Hicks is going to be going for the St. Louis, which is why this game is currently off the board, but right now I've got the Blue Jays as a minus 144 favorite, and I set my total at a 7.2, so 7 or less looking over 7 half higher to the under with Jordan Hicks. I just have to question the amount of length that he's going to be able to give you in this spot, and it's just been teeter-totterish in general with the usage of him, which I really think throws him offline because if they were all in on Jordan Nix being a starter, that's one thing, but I mean, he's not getting a normal once every five days through the rotation. And it's been zoned in a little bit more recently, but it's won more than four and a third innings just once in his six starts, eight total relief appearances this season. And it's really throwing him off. He's been giving up right around five blocks per nine innings. Swing and miss stuff is still there for him. And he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact, but you tell that his command just is not there right now. Meanwhile, you take a look at Kevin Gosman. He does not deserve a 3-3 three three record. He was just kept out there a little bit too long in his start against the Tampa Bay Rays, which is the only reason why he wound up giving up three earned runs in that one. And as a matter of fact, the team has lost each of his last two starts because they've only provided him with three total runs of support. But you take a look at it. In 50 innings, Kevin Gosman has given up one home run and three walks. That looks like a misprint right there. It looks like there should be like a zero at the end of both of those numbers, but he's given up three walks and one home run in 50 innings and eight starts this year. That's absolutely insane. And then you take a look at just the way that he's been pitching on the road. 233 road ERA. He's given up two walks and no home runs in 27 innings with opponents hitting a 235 off of him. So, I mean, that's been really good. Now, when it's not been so great as this Blue Jays bullpen. Trevor Richards has been laying down the seam. Jordan Romano is actually halfway decent as a bullpen piece for the seam. Guy that's been able to close out some games. David Phelps has been able to do a nice job as well. But with the Blue Jays, this is a team that they entered into what we wound up getting on Monday Scoring three runs or fewer in each of their last five games and in 10 out of their last 13. Now, I do think that guys like a Santiago Espanel being able to get on base is rock solid for the team. Bo Bichette, he's got right around a 275 on base. George Springer finally got his eighth home run of the season. That was big for the team. He's hitting a 275. And then you got Flagger Jr. hitting now right around a 260. That's been a little bit surprising to see him for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a bunch that they came off of that 18-run performance and they weren't able to duplicate that. But we don't have Nolan Gorman up at the big league level. He, Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan, all these guys hitting at least a 290. They have been very good and a nice influx of young talent into this lineup. You've been able to have Austin Kinsner at the catcher spot whenever he's been filling in for Yadier Molina doing a solid job. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a 335 for this bunch. Nolan Arenado, he has been terrific as well. He has been able to hit nine home runs. He's got an on-base percentage of suffering right around a 350. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Gosman just completely outclasses Jordan Nix. And when it comes to this Cardinals bullpen, it has been relatively soft for this team. You've had Andre Pellante, who wound up coming in yesterday. He's been able to do a very nice job of being able to hold down the fort for this team. You take a look past that. You've had Giovanni Gallegos 
have a little bit of an up and down, but it seems like he's starting to find it. Once again, Genesis Gerber has been solid, but the reason why I set Gosman as such a big favorite is because he has been absolutely amazing this year. So, set the Blue Jays at a minus 144, and made my total to where a 7 or less, I'd be looking at it over on a 7.5 or higher to the under, and we wrap things up with 929-930 on the main board. The Arizona Diamondbacks going to be playing us the Kansas City Royals. John Easley is going to be going for the Royals, and Zach Gallen is going to be on the bump for the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 170 and a minus 185 favorite. Meanwhile, plus price with the Kansas City is anywhere between plus 150 and plus 170. 8.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Over is between even a minus 105. And DK Nation pick is going to be on the under semi-total at a 7.2. Absolutely love the way that Zach Allen has been able to perform night in and night out for this Arizona Diamondbacks team as he's got a 114 ERA giving up one home run in 39 and a third innings. And I was mentioned by Adam Burke, just what has been the difference maker for Zach Allen is those walks. Prior to this season, he was giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings. This year, that's down to right around two. Now, Heasley, he's not been bad for this Kansas City Royals team. Got a couple starts last season. This season, the walks have been an issue. Seven walks and eight and a third innings, but a guy that's able to give you some relatively good stuff with regards to just not giving up the deep ball in general. A guy that is 25 years old. I think that there's some upside. And I do think we're going to see some positive regression when it comes to this Royals bullpen. You still have Scott Barlow, who's got a sub-2 ERA. Josh Stamont has had a really rough start to the season with a north of 4 ERA, but I do think that he's going to be able to hold it down if you need a little bit of long relief. Joe Pennyomps has a buck 50 ERA over the course of 18 plus innings, so he's been able to do a good job, but for the Royals, it's been a very, very brutal offense thus far this season. You take a look at these guys, and currently they're dealing with Salvador Perez being out due to injury. This for a team that's in the bottom five of the big leagues with regards to home runs, and he's right now leading the team in home runs. MJ Melendez has actually been able to get on base a little bit for the team, but Nicky Lopez, Carlos Santana, Bobby Witt Jr., Whit Merrifield, all these guys in a 220 or lower. That is a big giant issue for the team. And Carlos Santana might be the worst hitter in the big leagues at this point. Meanwhile, for the years under Diamondbacks, they're only hitting right around a 210 as a collective. But Christian Walker, 10 home runs this season. He's been able to supply the boom. Dalton Varsho has been hitting at 260. He's now been able to get himself up to seven home runs, 20 plus RBI. David Peralta has been starting to pick it up. Josh Rojas wound up having a three home run game against the Chicago Cubs. Keitel Marte is having himself a 310 on base after a rough start to the season. He's starting to figure it out as well. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, Joe Manna typically, along with Ian Kennedy, have been pretty solid out there in the bullpen. You need to get a little bit more production out of Mark Melanson, who's been absolutely terrible. And some of those other long relief guys, they're not necessarily too trustworthy, but I do take a look at the spot, and I do think that Gallon going to do a nice job of being able to hold down this Kansas City Royals team. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.3, so DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. I'd be willing to take up to a 7.5 under in this spot, and with regards to the Diamondbacks. It's all about money line or run line. Set them as a minus $2 favor personally, but on the run line, I was willing to lay a very small price. Right now, we're seeing it right around even money, seeing it at circa plus 102 as well. I would rather reduce the juice here. I have faith in Gallon being able to do a solid job with these leaves. Command issues it might cause for the bullpen to come in early. I think that the Royals are just going to get washed out with regards to just being able to score runs. So, I'm looking at the Arizona Diamondbacks on the run line, and the BK Nation pick is the under, and that will wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to Adam Burke for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for, for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. 
podcast. My the five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again about. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.